The Punisher. The NES game. Machine guns. Rocket launchers. Six street tough levels. He who lives wins. M16s. Super arcade action. Official Nintendo seal of quality. Licensed by Nintendo for play on the Nintendo Entertainment System. LGN Limited. Welcome to our listener to our podcast, Jeff and Rick presents Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. Listen, the nothing will be here any minute. I will just sit here and let it take me away too. They look like good, strong, random banters. Don't they? Random banter, my friend. Talk to me. Tell me tantalizing tidbits and tales of trivia. How you doing? What's the what? The never-ending story. La 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 la. Am I right? Is yeah. that what it is? Is yeah. that what that's from? Yeah, that was Rockbiter. That was Rockbiter talking to a Atreyu. Have not seen that movie in forever and a day, but. Same here, same here. But I think that it lives within my soul. <laughs> and I don't think I need to rewatch it because I know the movie's bad. But the song is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and Rockbiter with his little, his big, strong hands that he was trying to save his friends with. Why would I pick that for the random banter, though? Because I do believe that this is the final issue. And yet we ain't done because this is a never ending story. My friend, never ending story. We will continue on. This may be the final issue, issue number 62 of this series, but it is not the final issue. And I will tell you and our listeners why, because the story's not over yet. No, 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 no. We have two more other issues to go to not power pack related and then we have another issue to wrap up this storyline and then we're not done yet because these characters go on and do other things in fact 62 is not even the final issue number there's a 63 that came out a few years ago so dear goodness gracious me we are not done folks and yet it feels like we should be done (laughs) yeah it's done they're planting this one in the dirt but it is a never-ending story and we will not finish when it's not finished. No, no. So, we, we, we are. are not done. We are not done at all. We have more to no, do. No, not by a long shot. No. I know. It's really funny to be like, well, this is the end of it. I guess we're done now forever, except we've got like another, what, year and a half, two years oh, of stuff I, to I've do. Got, I got another year and a half of, of stuff that we can talk about, man. We can we can continue mm-hmm. talking Power Pack until oh, we're older and grayer than we are now. <laughs> it's happening rapidly. So, yes, you are correct. <laughs> we totally can do this. <laughs> As the nothing comes and provides its entropy to us. <laughs> I should explain that. Uh, I, I think that my audio quality should be fine, but I am not in my lovely, lovely home recording studio right now. I am actually on vacation. I took my family and we drove south into southern Oregon. We got a nice little Airbnb that we found right on the Rogue River, and we've been spending a nice week out here. We're halfway through our week of our vacation, just going out, doing day trips to different places. We went to Crater Lake, went to Crescent City, went and saw the Redwoods. Uh, I think we're going to go do the Oregon Caves tomorrow. So just uh, 
getting out, seeing some of the beauty and glory in this early springtime weather of Oregon. And uh, I was like, no, we don't need to end our schedule. I'm going to be back in our little vacation home by night. My family can watch a movie while I'm back here doing a quick little recording with my good friend Jeff, who is jealous of me being away and sitting in the... I'm not jealous. I look angry normally. (laughs) Sitting in this nice little bedroom, huddled around a bed. (laughs) You know, just this nice little corner and Jeff's getting blinded by the light coming in the window behind me, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm going to be honest, I keep on looking out the window and seeing what I can see around you. I'm like, what's going on out there? What's that place about? It's nice trees. It's all beautiful, beautiful scenery because that's what Uh, it is. That's kind of what's going on with me this week. Just enjoying my time out and about out here doing this thing out like i said just seeing a lot of the beauty of oregon uh, we live in a very beautiful state especially yeah, it is a pretty state especially down the i5 corridor you've just got beautiful beautiful lush greenery everywhere you go and it's it's really nice it's really wonderful we basically live on a really beautiful coast yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is what it really boils down to you you know Running from California to through Washington is just like wow. Everywhere is really nice looking. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very nice. And so it's 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 fun just to be able to get out and remind ourselves what what is here, what we can see. You know, seeing the big redwood trees down in Northern California, stopping seeing those, seeing Crater Lake, like I mentioned. Uh, you know, still lots of snow around there, but beautiful, beautiful nonetheless. So so that's why I'm just a little bit different sounding than normal, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's good. I'm hoping that you're having a good time, and I hope you continue to have a good time. Oh, I think so. I'm excited for your trip out. I, I think that's really great. I appreciate it. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. But what about you? What is your random banter you have going on right now? Well, I've got all sorts of things to talk about, but something that stuck out to me was I'm taking a shower a couple of days ago, and my foot slipped. Oh. And uh, do you know how... Uh, yeah, so... You know, I didn't fall, which was great. But what stopped me was, you know how you can have those little drain covers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, like, on the, you know, to keep them in the drain, they've got kind of, like, you know, spikes. Yeah. That keep it down there. So it's just nice little triangles of sheet metal that point down into the drain. Yeah. So my foot slipped, and I stopped on that, which got flipped up just the perfect way to nail it. All the way into my toe, my big right toe, just uh, like three quarters of an inch of bathroom drain spike just nailed into my toe. And I'm like, huh, this doesn't hurt, but I think something might be wrong. And I lift my foot up and I bring the, the drain cover up with it. And I'm like, huh, I feel like I need a grown up, but I am the grown up. So what am I going to do? I guess I'll just pull it out of my foot. Slurp. Okay. It's not bleeding, but I'm sure that, yep, here it starts. Okay, great. Well, I'll put that drain cover back on and I'll finish my shower up. And then uh, then I'll just deal with that later. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I spiked a toe. I, you know, you know, I, I, I nailed a piece of sheet metal basically into, into my flesh as hard as I possibly could. Have you ever thought, have you ever just taken a moment and thought, maybe... Maybe one day I can make better choices with my life and maybe maybe be a happier person altogether. I'm a pretty happy person, and that wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to me, so that was okay. <laughs> I think the life choices of taking a shower in the morning are pretty good for me. I think those tend to those tend to help my lifestyle out quite a little bit. And if what, once every 
40 years or something, I I get a piece of bathroom accoutrement nailed into my flesh, then, yeah, that's the price you pay for a daily shower. Yeah, so. but, you know, you forget about the time that you, you know, put your elbow through one of the one of the door windows. You forget about the time when you were just taking a nice shower and all of a sudden the, the pressures of the world came on you and you punched you <laughs> punched a hole in the wall. You forget about the time when you know it was a nice, beautiful morning and the entire t- shower like collapsed on you. What about those times? What about those times, Jeff? Are you forgetting right. those times? I have forgotten those times, but you know, it's funny. I have actually punched myself in the face while taking a shower so hard that I gave myself a nosebleed. <laughs> Yeah, this was also an accident where I'm uh, literally just like soaping up and scrubbing and stuff. And then whatever happens, some friction coefficient went wonky and my hand just slips up when I'm like, I'm scrubbing a whatever part. And my hand goes flying up and literally full fist punched me in the nose that I'm like, I'm bleeding. I punched myself so hard. I'm bleeding out my face. This is not the best shower. I, I think I think so. I think that's a nice story you've told yourself, but really what it is is you're yeah. in the middle of taking a shower and you're like, You're such a loser punch. And, yeah. and just, you know Power Pack, <laughs> why'd I pick this one to do a podcast about? Punch punch. Yeah. I don't deserve uh. all ten toes. <laughs> No, uh, no, just sometimes accidents happen. And I had an accident in the shower, which uh, I you know, I cleaned it up. I bandaged it up. I kind of hobbled around on it. Did, again, put a nail basically into my foot as hard as I could. So so there's my random banter. I have other things to talk about. But I think uh, talking about shower uh, shower injuries it will uh, fill my bill for the day. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, putting a nail in your toe, let's go ahead and put a nail into our heads by talking about... Issue 62 of the first volume of Power Pack. Jeff, give us this two cents replay of last episode. Friday is hit with a mysterious destructive energy blast that knocks her out of the sky and into a crash landing into the Power's apartment where she is utterly physically destroyed. But her soul remains trapped in a jar where it seems like absolutely no one cares about it. But this does lead to the actual protagonists of this book being called in, by which I mean the Fantastic Four. Well, they zip back to the Fantastic Four's headquarters, where Reed thinks that he can fix Maggie's brain and Alex's horse form. But this is with a heavy maybe of maybe he can't. But that doesn't matter anyways, because the Red Ghost and his super apes attack to steal Friday's life force after they have successfully smacked around every hero that they can get their hands on until they encounter the issue's end boss, who is a Chimelian-suited gym power. Now that the... I don't even want to get into how criminally underused and overly sexualized and unconscious Maggie Power was two sentence replays over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? Well, my pleasure, my friend. I would like to give you something that's bright, uplifting, cheerful for this issue. And the only way I can do that from my vacation home is to plant something in your house for you to find on this special occasion. And I made this really simple for you. All you need to do is just reach on over with that right hand of yours, and you will find it right there at your fingertips. Uh, hold on, uh, hold on, Rick. Hold on a second. I got a, I got a call coming in anyway. Here, let me get it. Hello? What? The beer was in the house the entire time? <gasps> and it's to my left, not my right. Rick, I'll, I got to be right back. 
I gotta deal with this. Things are switched around when you are, you know, <laughs> when, when you're looking on a video screen. Sometimes it's left yeah, is right and right. I so, get that. Anyways, uh, you, right, well, you can reach on sure. in there and tell me what you find. What do I got? I know that it's a 12 ounce can. I know that it is. Boom, boom. Good Life Brewing Company. <laughs> okay, very well played, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because this beer I'm holding in my hand is comatose Imperial IPA. Uh, <laughs> it is wonderful. Oh my goodness. Uh, Imperial IPA. Why could Imperial? Uh, I think there's an image of a, of Maraud, a smart, a snark queen that we see at some point. Uh, good life. Uh, everybody in this comic is living the best life they might possibly be able to live. IPA. It's bitter that it's ending. Comatose. <laughs> Maggie. Uh, Maggie. And, and to be fair, uh, pretty much everybody else in this beginning of this issue is comatose. Pretty much. The creative yeah. team is comatose too, I believe too. Mother Nature's seasons are amazing, where all her creation flux between an existence and winter's comatose state, spring's colorful fling, summer's hot dance, and fall's laid back swing. The creative juices jump from winter mindset, then spring you to think concerts, road trips, and a campsite with a hammock with a view. So yeah, we have got ABV, 8.5%, IBUs, 95, 95 IBUs. This is an imperial IPA. And yeah, comatose, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes things just speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is great. It's a nice looking can too. It's a black can and it's got uh, white mountains in the background and kind of a you know golden forest in front and there's a person just kicking back in a hammock just taking it easy and it's understandable why this uh, can looks the way that it does from good life brewing company because they are from bend oregon and bend is a land of having some mountains in the background so that's that's a good looking can and that that's fun it's also a land of many 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 microbreweries i mean you've got lots that are out yeah, there. Yeah, there's a ridiculous ton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a lot there. And some have gone on to become pretty big names and some have sold out and some have disappeared. And and maybe, maybe just maybe, Jeff, I, and another guy one time went to Bend and we drank ourselves stupid going to a few different microbrews. Microbreweries oh, there. Fun. Yeah. To the point where I said... Yeah, we, that was we, a lot of fun. I think about we, that. We, we got we to gotta get to McGinnemans in our room because none of us should be driving anymore. <laughs> yes. We need to keep drinking, but we need to not be uh, being mobile. Hmm. Well, that is a lovely color. That is very much a... Uh, that's an amber. Yeah, that's an that's amber. That's kind of a hazy amber color. That's really nice looking. Nose on it. Very mild. It's an IPA. It's an it's IPA, a very but mild it's IPA very smell. mild. Yeah. It's not offensive. There's a lot of IPA noses where you're just like, yeah, that hops is too, my hops is too hopsy mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And this is just like, yeah, hey, I'm an IPA and I'm hops. What's up, buddy? And you're like, hey, pal, mm -hmm. it's good seeing you. It's like, yeah, you want to chill? Yeah, I want to chill. No, I like it. It's good. It's nice. It's, it's got a good nose. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty smooth. Um, it's definitely got the... It is fairly smooth. It's got the bite at the end, but it's got a very strong and smooth taste. It's got a bit of that IPA tart, that kind of metallic-y, kind of tangy, kind of hopsy flavor, obviously. Uh, but it, it is, it's, smooth is a great way of putting that. It is mild-ish. It is, it is, in fact, it's hop-forward, yeah. but it it's not ridiculous. 
ridiculous about it. No, and and the the, the aftertaste the aftertaste is a little bitter. It's not strong, at least right not right now. I I'm interested to see how much this warms up because the refrigerator in the place we're staying is set a little high yeah. to the point where everything is okay. just on the verge of being frozen but not being frozen. Almost frozen. Yeah, that'll that'll change flavor profiles yeah. pretty strong. So this is I mean um, this came out very nice and cold. Yeah, I'm going to imagine this one is going to stay maintain itself very very well. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, let's see, let's let's see how that that handles let's let's see how well we get with this comatose beer as we talk about a book that well put a lot of people into a comatose state but the only way we can do that is by talking about <laughs> the opening credits so jeff if you please it also put a lot of people into rage states this for is true 35 years <laughs> for 30 years or so which i i'm, I'm not i'm not faulting nope. <laughs> not a fault at all Power Pack, issue number 62, February 1991. Lo, there shall be an ending. Credits, writer, Michael Higgins. Penciler, Steve Bucciolata. Inker, Don Hudson. Letterer, Chris Eliopoulos. Colorist, Nell Yomtov. Editor, Mike Rockwitz. Chief, Tom DeFalco. Featuring Power Pack, Alex Power, a.k.a. the Chameleon One. No clue what his powers are right now, seriously. Julie Power, a.k.a. Lightspeed. She is the taller female child. Jack Power, a.k.a. Destroyer, not the blonde male child. Katie Power, a.k.a. Counterweight, the smallest female child. And Frank the Richards, a.k.a. Tattletale, the smallest male child. Guest starring, Jim and Maggie Power. They are the parents of Power Pack. Reed and Sue Richards, members of the Fantastic Four and the parents of Franklin Richards. The Elon, a green alien who has really whatever power he wants. Friday, was a spaceship, now is just a MacGuffin. Raymond, a plot line in search of a plot. Let's set the scene, shall we? Horse Alex is a cloud and can't pull himself back together. And he is looking over a mess of people who have all been knocked out. To be specific, there are eight bodies of family and friends spread below him, while Red Ghost and his apes face off against his father, who is now in a chimelian suit, looking really jacked. Hang, hang, hang on one second, one second. Eight? There's Jack, Julie, Katie and Franklin, Reed and Sue, and Raymond. Who's the eighth? J Jim is standing and the Elon and Maggie are in another room. Yeah, the creators are trying to be tricky. Just hang on for a second, all will be explained. For now, though, it looks grim for our heroes. Well, not totally grim. Remember, there's a ripped and muscled Jim Power who's ready to throw fist against the Cold War reject. Whap, 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 whap. The Red Ghost finds this as funny as I do. Or at least he does until Jim tags him with the most Kirby-esque physics-defying punch I have ever seen in quite a long while. Cut yeah, Jim's right hand swings down from above his head while shaking his left fist, causing the red ghost to fly up and backwards like he received an uppercut. Man, I need to visit the gym where he learned that. Well, the master of the apes isn't going to be on the receiving end of Marvel physics for long. He wants to dish some out too, so he sends his apes into the fight. Alex, still not able to do anything but observe and fret, is getting worried about his dad. But he feels a presence in the Force. A presence he hasn't felt since Central Park. 
In the meantime, Jim Power is doing just fine. He seems to be able to dodge every blow and is able to trade punches with a super-strengthed gorilla. So let's not worry about him, shall we? But there are other apes, like the one who can control metal. He wraps the Power Dad in some steel girders, completely endangering the structural integrity of the building that they are standing in, which just is not prudent. It's an evil ape with the power of magnetism. I don't think Ape Needle cares. Neither does Jim. First, he uses some personal force field to bounce away the gorilla's punch. Then he flexes those ginormous muscles and rips through the metal like it was tinfoil. Wouldn't that be Jim-normous muscles? Jokes! Jim is not the only one tapping into his inner Super Saiyan. Alex is getting some serious Obi-Wan Kenobi mental suggestions from someone. They are talking the boy through concentrating his thoughts, pulling himself together, using the Force to be one with life, blah, 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 blah. You know the kind of spiel I'm talking about. The upshot of this is that Alex gets a mid-battle, unearned leveling up package, which includes the ability to solidify himself again. This is a big deal because, remember, he lost his ability way back in issue number eight eight pages ago, and has been living an incorporeal lifestyle ever since then. While still very much a Chimelian, he feels different, more powerful, and his first step is to heal the eight people who are still unconscious, now that he can control his healing power. And if you haven't figured out the weird math yet, hang on until we explain the next scene to you. The Red Ghost has had enough of this power pop. He gestures to his baboon, who turns into an energy cannon. <laughs> Seriously? What? You've got a problem with the energy cannon? No, I mean, I have a problem with an ape transforming into a complex weapon. Fine, fine, fine. Let's just pretend that it's a potato gun. And what is the potato gun firing? Well, what would you think a super intelligent ape that could turn into a projectile firing weapon would fire? That is what I thought. But this gun kind of looks more like a blaster than a flinger. So, continue please. Zoom! Whatever it was, it makes an impact on Power Jim. Or should we say, an impact on not Power Jim. Who's been dressing up as Jim Power? It's been the Elon all along. Shocker! Yeah. Another of the infinite powers Marty the Martian has, shape-changing and whatever else Power Jim did was one of them. The clever, clever creators were hinting this by showing more unconscious bodies than there should have been. You know who else who is gloating? The Red Ghost. He does not know that Alex is healing everyone up on the other side of the rubble in the small room. So he performs his own version of Hamlet, Act 5, Scene 1, using Friday's memory ball instead of poor Yorick's skull. Alas, poor Friday, I knew who blew you out of the sky. It was I. Upon the interception of the snark communication, I discovered new sciences and races with which I planned to do evil most foul. And upon this new knowledge did a plan hatch for dastardly deeds. Knock you, dear Friday, from the skies, betwixt to steal, nay, liberate the information you possess, to use such information for... REVENGE! And the destruction of mine enemies. To wit, replies Friday, stick it in your white-haired covered ear. Part of the problem that the old Red Ghost ran into was that he lost count of what page he is on. If he had paid attention, he would have noticed that it has been 14 pages, and this is about when they, the fully healed protagonists of the book, show up. I would also like to make a note that this includes an ongoing, through-the-issue, uncolored destroyer. 
We should point out that Alex was the one who fired the blast, not the paint-by-numbers destroyer that we would have expected. Apparently, Horse Alex can heal, control his density, and shoot blasts of pure energy now. The orangutan did not like this too much, and he throws a bunch of metal at the meddling humans. Were you punning? Did not mean to. Anyway, Sue pops in, throws up a shield, and chides the children for taunting the villain, which is a staple of superheroes everywhere, right? Right? There is also a bit where the kids, including her son Franklin, decide that now is a time to do a bit about using their code names and not their real names. They really need Sue to get on board with using their heroic honorifics. In a battle for you and your family's lives against some guy that obviously knows enough information about you and has been dusting the floors with you, sure, let's focus on the code names. Speaking of the Crimson Poltergeist, he has the glass kickball of Friday's brain and has finished the monologuing and the arguing, so he is ready to 86 the Baxter building. He, in his yellow, not pink, mist form, and his apes hop out of the conveniently destroyed exterior wall and fly towards Central Park. Power Pack rushes in. I mean, Power Pack flies after them, smiling and laughing as the five kids pursue the thieves. Julie tries to get the baboon, but he disappears because he transformed into a bush in front of her and she failed her perception check to notice. Katie is much luckier. She gets the two bigger apes and tosses them in the air so Jack and Alex get a chance to do some skeet shooting. Shakram! So, those two apes are dead now, right? I guess, but as is the trend, no one really seems to care. Alex is just so happy that he finally has an offensive weapon so he can kill and be useful. No more pining over the destroyer power that he complained about the whole time that he had it. And now he doesn't anymore. So, you know, get over it. Then suddenly... The Red Ghost tells all the combatants to cease and desist immediately or he will shoot Maggie. Huh. Yeah. He is standing there with a gun pointed at a bathrobe-dressed Maggie, so it checks out. Well, this is upsetting. All the kids are in shock, and as Sue flies in with Reed and Jim, Franklin decides to astral project back to the FFHQ to check in on the real Maggie power. She is still asleep in her sickbed, wearing a pink, not green like in the last issue, bathrobe, being protected by a brown-haired young man in a fresh white suit, chilling out next to the bed, reading a book. Hold on now. Uh, that's supposed to be Raymond. You know, the much older man who we've been seeing in all the past issues. And, and wasn't he recently in a fight in the next room like a moment ago when he burned the arms off of his only clothes? Did everyone leave and he ran down to the room, dyed the gray out of his hair, put on a new crisp white soup, pick a book, and start relaxed reading right away? Yeah, it sounds legit. So, yes. Yes, he did. It is the only thing that makes sense. Also... He informs Dream Franklin that Maggie has been sleeping since the Elon Magitur calm. Something that happened after Raymond left the room, so... Good guess, Raymond. Any anyway, Franklin pops back, informs the gathered heroes that this is a farce, and possesses the Red Ghost body. This causes the baboon to transform back into its original form, and the ghost to drop the gun. Alex, still on his killing streak, zaps the baboon while James Powers advances on the ghost, who, for reasons he doesn't understand, can't become intangible. Non-powered Jim Power then punches Red Ghost, and, by extension, Franklin, right in the face. Sack Knocking him out. Leave my family alone. Gee, Dad, it looks like you're a regular hero after all. It's good when superpowered children can look up to their parents. Shortly. Everyone is back at the Fantastic Four headquarters for a few final scenes. First, we have the wrap-up of the captivating Raymond storyline. 
I hope you are all ready for this, because this is the scene that wraps up this mysterious figure who has been with us for the past six issues. Sue asks Raven, now drawn to look older again, how he fits into all of this, and Franklin states that he reminds him of his Uncle Johnny. Good old Raymond, everyone's best friend, gets the flop sweats, and then waves this question away. Mentally, he decides that it is time he got away from these superhero types, so he gathers the kids all around for story time. He makes his goodbyes, and the kids, who really still don't know anything about him, all act and look like one of their oldest friends is leaving. Then, we see him walking down the street, thinking of how much has changed, and how this is now a world filled with superheroes, and that he has no choice but to return to the only other world he knows, which I assume is being an alcoholic homeless person. And then, he Kaiser Sose's out of the comic, the Marvel Universe, and our hearts. Pour one out for Raymond. No! Why waste the alcohol? Speaking of which, let's check in on the scene with Reed and Alex. Reed is informing the Transform Boy that after the earlier failure and the increase in his powers, it appears that the sciencey stuff they did before will not be able to science him back to being human again after all. How does any of this connect with alcohol? Oh, uh, Reed reaches over during his talk to get his steaming cup of coffee, which he obviously spikes with Kahlua. I will accept this as fact. Even though Alex has been given some crushing news, he is in better spirits. He is starting to accept his new looks, especially after seeing The Thing and Miss Marvel cheering him on. This leads to our next story wrap-up. Johnny Storm is on the roof, welding various components together under the direction of Friday and the watchful eye of the Elon. Once completed, the Elon uses some more space magic to assemble the ship and teleport all of the cast from this book up to the roof to now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. Sure, okay. Uh, if by that you mean that they can see that Friday has been reset to her factory settings and is uh, alive and whole again, then yeah. You, you don't seem too excited that Friday is back in one piece. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I am, but I'm just setting my enthusiasm levels to match, <sighs> you know, those are the people on the roof. Oh, oh, okay. So you've set them to zero. Uh, yep. Well... What has also been set to zero is Jim's problem-solving abilities. You see, Jim has decided to take his family on a world tour in hopes to find some help for his wife. Or they can go to Chimelia. Jim recognizes that Reed has done everything he could, but there may be others on Earth who have a better way to help. Uh, what about the Chimelians? Reed agrees with Jim and suggests an institute of psychic research in London and another in the Caribbean. I, I cannot help but wonder why neither place is in Camellia. Jim thanks Reed and takes his wife, who has been standing there, catatonic yet grasping onto Jim in the most inappropriate negligee nightground available, his family and Franklin on this little trip around the world. The world again is Earth, and not the Camellian homeworld. Now. Here is something fun and annoying. The book points out that the two locations will be covered in other comic books, this being Excalibur 29 and Marvel Superheroes Summer Special. But then we get the conclusion. Spoiler to the conclusion, they failed. We will still cover those books. <sighs> yes, we will cover them. But we are finishing this one first, because you cannot make us revisit it again. After completely failing to achieve any of their goals, Jim Power brings Franklin back to stay with his own family full-time. And why do that, you may ask? 
Why? Because Jim has had this brilliant idea! After wasting weeks of time and putting his family in repeated danger, he just had the thought that the people who could probably help his wife and son are the... Chameleons! Yes, the Chameleons! It's brilliant! Why haven't we thought of that before? I think we might have, but we have been distracted by a lot of storyline completions. Yes, yes we have. So here's another one. What is going on with Allison? Well, to finish this storyline, we have to follow Alex doing a creepy trench coat, ball cap, in the rain, stalking of his ex-girlfriend. And that is where we discover that she is, apparently, dating someone else now. So, Alex says his goodbyes from across the street and runs away back to the Fantastic Four headquarters. As soon as Alex gets back, it is time to resolve the ongoing, captivating, and thrilling storyline of the Elon. So what is the still unnamed Elon's ending? He's decided that he is going to not travel with Power Pack anymore, and that he is going to return to his region of space. Cool. Yeah, cool. And with all of those storylines wrapped up, it is time for the family of powers to do a tearful goodbye to the first family and head towards the stars. And there's no better way than doing that than with our good friend Jack saying goodbye to his little buddy. Well, little bro... I guess this is it, but <sighs> I'm not gonna cry. Spoiler, he does. Double spoiler, they all cry. Uh, uh, what the heck? I'm going to miss you. Take care of yourself, Franklin. Remember, we <laughs> won't be around to save your neck anymore. Maybe we'll see you again someday. <laughs> With the tears shed and the hugs given and received, Friday heads up into space. The family looks at their planet as Friday heads off into the cosmos. Alex has a last thought, a realization, that it was Whitey that was talking to him when he needed it, and that Whitey is still, somehow, still watching over them. Alex also feels that he is, at long last, finally on his way home. And thus ends the first run of Power Pack. Except for those two issues mentioned at the end of this book. And then, thus ends the first run of Power Pack. There's also the Power Pack holiday special where Wheezy and June come back to fix this mess. And then, thus ends the first run of Power Pack. Oh, uh, don't forget issue number 63, which came out a few years ago. I mean, that is technically part of the first run, I guess. And then, thus ends the first run of Power Pack. Wait, Power Pack, grow up. That is totally part of the first run. All right. Are you finished yet? I... I I think so. And then, thus ends the first run of Power Pack. You know, there is a miniseries that Wheezy and June are supposed to do that got postponed due to the pandemic. The end. Uh, what about... I said the end! And thus ends Power Pack and brings us the themes of this issue. (laughs) Power Pack (laughs) packaging time! (sighs) You know, you'd think that because we have a different artist on the interior that we would have a different artist on the exterior but no 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 we have tom morgan still here still providing us his version ever evolving ever changing of power pack <laughs> yeah, so, his version of what faces look like which is take a normal face and then just squeeze it down and then watch all those jack-o'-lantern shapes just start pushing out the front yeah so we have the fantastic final issue of power pack going home and we have Friday streaking across the sky. Spoiler warnings, because you know Friday is destroyed at the beginning of the book, so apparently Friday comes back. Whatever, sure, okay. Uh, you have the the five kids 
you know, lined up kind of in a, you know, her rope hoses are all looking up and off to the their right. left side. Their right, our left side of the, the book. Yeah. And, you know, front looking center. Stage left. Yeah, front center is Alex, who's got the, the wind blowing back his, his mane. And you've got uh, Julie, and in front of Julie is Franklin. And then you got Jack, in front of him is Katie. And they're all looking the same direction, looking very heroic. And I hate this cover. <laughs> it could I, look better. It's fine. It, I, I got no real problems I, I, with I, it. It's I, just. I guess. I guess. I like. I like the poses. I like the concept. It's just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like the artist. I. I don't like mm-hmm. the faces. You can tell that he doesn't know how to draw a power pack. Way too many muscles on these kids. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Especially on Jack is jacked. I mean, Alex. Horse Alex is. Well, uh, my horse goodness, Al- he is just. Uh, yeah, he can be fit as he wants. He can muscle him up as they want because you just go, it's a different physiology. They're fine. Do whatever. One of the problems that I have is everybody's face, except for Julie, is just like a squished jack-o'-lantern. Julie's yeah. is your cut supermodel kind of look going on. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you really want to draw her as a sexy lady. She is not. She no, is 11 at this stage. Just, yeah, she's a child. Let's just kind of pull it back. Yeah, it's... It's a thing. It's a thing. It's all. It's it's yeah. all things. The spoiler of oh Friday gets to come back. Yay! Yeah, it's they didn't care. It, one issue ago when Friday was utterly destroyed, it was just like oh, huh, eh. and they didn't care. And now Friday got recovered, and it literally you know the Elon you know Fri- uh, Friday's alive, Johnny blow torches together some parts the elon magics them together and teleports everybody to the roof and there is nobody that looks excited about it ben grimm's even like what's going on here why'd i get transported up and the elon's like well i'll i'll warn you next time how about you don't do it at all next time right it's like nobody cares no <laughs> but okay that's an aside that it's just it angers me so many things happen that nobody cares about and it's just like i've introduced and gotten rid of but go ahead a final issue it says going home and that's literally the last panel. The last panel. We're going I, home being, well, their home gets destroyed last issue, so they can't go home. Yep. You, you can never really go home. Are, are they going back to the beach? No, they're going back to Camellia. No. And that's yeah. the final thing. It's the last thing in here, and it seems like nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. lots of issues with the cover, more issues with the inside, because the inside is... I. I I think we can go ahead and say right now. Oh, hey, just real quick. You know what else I noticed on the cover is that uh, their puffy moon boots are super slim. They're just a metallic no, no. socks on them. So, but I, I, I think I'm, I think Tom Morgan I think Tom Morgan had a, an, a had a quick lesson of art from Rob Liefeld because okay, yeah, the, the, they tiny feet, tiny feet, weird tiny, ankles, and and tiny feet, weird ankles, and uh, I don't see a lot of pouches, but it's okay. But yeah, it's just, I just it's just I noticed that the moon boots are gone. Folks, I'm gonna let you know. I, I'm. I'm going to try to remain as positive as I can, but there's a reason why there's so much anger in the hearts of fans about this issue. This is like many other issues where a series get can- gets canceled before whatever storyline or whatever thing is in the creative team's mind. This issue right here is one of those times where all of a sudden he was in the middle of a storyline and a I'm going to go ahead and guess that he got the notice that uh, we're canceling the series. So wrap it on up and he's got a whole lot of stuff going on here that just ends and it's mm-hmm. it ends really badly and it ends really roughly I, I i don't know if they were 
really going to I think he was probably going to try to do something more with the kids. I don't know if he ever really wanted to go to Camellia because could have done that at any point in time until the last scene in the book. I know that he had these other two issues that he was going to be writing and that he knew he was writing with the Excalibur one. And we're going to get to that. We got problems with that one. We got problems with the Marvel superhero ones too. But it just did not seem like a lot of things came together. He was very rushed at the ending of this book. And that never makes for a good story. I'm off my soapbox. No, it's it's true. No, okay, you can be off the soapbox, but because we don't know the tale, but it does really have that kind of sensation that it's like, oh, I'm introducing all these different things, and Horse Alex, and Friday's destroyed, but we're going to bring it back, and you know, all the different stuff, and it's hard to tell if there was like a point where it was kind of the, you know, the wrap up, like, you know, it might be okay, we've just punched you know Red Ghost in the face, and okay, we've defeated that menace, and then you know there's the eleven pages of wrap up after that, kind of going, oh, we can't. Raymond leaves. It's everybody's leaving. It's the mm-hmm. you know the Lord of the Rings. It's the end of the trilogy, and everybody gets their goodbye, and everybody gets their ending, kind of thing. Oh, they're all worked up that Raymond's gonna go. Okay, you know. Oh, they're going to Chimelia. Oh, yeah. It's it's just not great. No, it's not. No, uh, I do give them credit for one thing, though. They ended a series, and they didn't end it with the line combination that I hate of, you know, you know, looking off into like a setting sunset or something, the two main heroes of the story or whatever. that used to be enemies, but now they're friends or whatever. Who cares? And it's just like, you know, it's not so much an ending as it is a new beginning. I'm so glad they did, <laughs> didn't put that one in there because I absolutely hate that. Because every time I see that in anything, I'm just like, no, it's just... Rah. So, so I give them credit for not doing that. So I'm very happy with them for not doing that thing. Putting it where it's just like, oh, we're going home. It's like, at no point have the kids ever felt like Camellia's home. No. At no point has Jim ever felt like space is home. Earth is home. Maybe New York is more home. You know, either New York City or over at the coast is more home than anywhere else for them. Not, I'm returning to the stars from whence we and all life have come from. No, it's not that. They don't feel that way. So No, no. Yeah. I, 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 it's it's a means to the end. They need to know that mm-hmm. that that Alex has a problem. It can only be solved by going to chameleons. Maggie has a problem. Jim has a problem. It can only be saved yeah. by going to Camellia. That's what it is. It's yeah. not home. In fact, every time they've been there, they have been pretty miserable. So yeah. it's not we it's it's not we are excited to go there. It's we need to go there to solve these things. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's it's it doesn't. It just doesn't. Things are not thought through, not through very well at all here. No, it's just. Again, it's that whole aspect of nothing had any weight. Lots of things were introduced, and it was just like Maggie's Maggie's uh, brain damage. Yeah, nobody cares. Jim seems to, but no. his version of saying he cares is like, kids, no talk about superpowers and be quiet. That's it. Jim at even a point at the end of this, he's like, you know, with the damage in Maggie's brain and probably mine. You know, we need to go. You know, it's just there's so many things that should have lots of weight to them that nobody seems to care about. Friday's destroyed. No. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, we have a homeless guy that lives with us now. That's interesting. We don't know his name. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Oh, now that homeless mm-hmm. guy's our best buddy and he's going away, but we've never honestly really talked to him about anything ever. Okay. Oh, the Elon. Yeah. Um, Power Kids, I'm sure, were excited to find, to, you know, nonplussed again to find out that he's joining them for life now, except now he's not. There's so many things just happen that nobody cares about. 
No. And Raymond's ending is, you know, again, their best friend's leaving, and he's just like, well, time to time to go off onto the dusty road and go back to the life I know, which is being a homeless guy. It's like, that's that's a terrible ending. What? I, <laughs> so, yeah, let, let's, talk a, let's talk a little bit about Raymond, because I've... Mm-hmm. Michael Higgins, he heavenly implied that Raymond was supposed to be Toro. And, and that's the big secret. He was supposed to be Toro. Toro was the sidekick of the original Human Torch that was used during World War II. So, between the issues that we've covered with 57 and 62, he's been trying to set this up. So, the problem is, is that this one then was then refuted based upon the fact that Toro had died in Submariner 14, battling the Submariner. Toro's death was further confirmed in Avengers Invaders number 12, when Bucky used the Cosmic Cube to resurrect Toro in the modern age, many years after his death in Submariner 14, and the appearance with Raymond in 5762. So they did all this setup, and they had this storyline going over in the West Coast Avengers, and then it got dropped. And nobody ever went back to it, and nobody ever touched it. And so it just is one of these dead things that hanging out there, but it just doesn't fit anywhere because he had this idea. He may have been having this idea with some friends over in Avengers West Coast, but they didn't do anything with it, and so it died mm-hmm. on the vine. And even yeah. if they did something with it, it still wouldn't be interesting because <laughs> it's not that interesting. <laughs> and it's not a Power Pack story. It doesn't belong in Power Pack. It is another not Power Pack story. Right. This this uh, comic is great for not power pack story. Mm-hmm. My belief system. There's some Alex, but it is for power pack to show up. I think it is. What is it? It's 14 pages basically for anything to start happening. You know, it's uh, on page 10. Alex starts healing the bodies, and then you know. Otherwise, it was Alex is a cloud, and then it is. There's some more pages. There are more pages. Page 14 is when power pack shows up in their final comic. I- I think you know, that it's no. I, I really think that if you took this entire storyline and you put it inside a Fantastic Four comic, improved it just a little bit, but mm-hmm. more or less kept it exactly how it is, it's a Fantastic Four story with Power Pack being guest stars. And you know what? It would work. It would work a lot better because Fantastic Four. It really would. Fantastic Four has got a lot more invested in the Red Ghost in Toro mm-hmm. and a lot more of the history of the Marvel Universe, it's it, it would actually be able to tie in with a lot of things. And then it wouldn't matter when you have th- something like, well, Power Pack's going to go off and do these other things. Okay, and here's the two issues. And now we're going to do the wrap-up. Even that's better. Yeah. Even that's better yeah. if it was a Fantastic Four comic because the stakes are lower then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a good story. It doesn't belong in here. No, it, it doesn't. Could we touch just real quickly on the red ghost plan now i'm gonna put i'm gonna put this into this theory rick you have a car i really really want okay so i'm gonna get your car by uh setting it on fire pushing it off a cliff and blowing it up but haha i have your keys and that's just as good as having your car uh let's say you really like no I'm not going to justify. Like, you've got a, you've got a really great radio in your car. You got a really great radio. I want that radio, and I'll destroy so you're the blow car up to the get car to it. To get the radio, yeah. and I'm, but the radio is going to be in there. I'm going to hope that the radio is going to be there by the time I finish blowing up your car. So I, I don't understand the Red Ghost plan of well, if I crash this spacefaring ship, obviously I'll get all the parts I want out of it. No, that's not really how it works, and it's you're lucky that Friday survived. So. <laughs> 
I, I don't think the Red Ghost is the best thinker of the planet. I, Maybe not. His his brain trust is his his brain trust is a group of apes. So you know, yeah, it's true that he controls or something. I guess. I guess. And instead of having it be a destructive beam, he you know, there could have been an easy little thing in there where he goes, "I had known about Friday. I'd known about where you were. I knew that at some point Friday would return to your apartment. So I I staked it out. And when I saw Friday, I had my monkey Nito, my ape Nito, you know, magnet it down. Except it didn't work out that great, and it crashed into your building. And yeah. luckily, I was able to recover the part that I wanted. So yeah, just yeah. even something like that would make more sense. Good job. Nice job. Really, yeah. really, really good work. Really good work. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of questions that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, not only is that a bad plan, I think his escape is pretty bad too. I'm just going to run away and hope, hope for the best. I'm going to run to Central Park. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the best runaway plan. It was basically I've left the building. Yeah, if if I'm going to run away, especially in New York, you know what? I I'm going to go ahead and try to blend in as best I can in maybe using the people, the streets of New York. Go in there. I've got mm-hmm. an ape that can change what it looks like. I can turn invisible. I mean, intangible. There's a lot of other options instead of just going right to a park. But yeah, you know, that's, there's the there's the aspect too. Is his power set is that he can turn other people invisible and intangible too if they're sure. close enough. So they could have just left forever. So yeah, yeah, would have been nice. Would have been nice. Well, then you wouldn't have your big uh, end set piece. But yeah, the the purple background sheep meadow with some trees. Let's yep. let's uh let's go to this ending part here where. Everything's resolved. Friday's back together. We're going to mm-hmm. go on our world tour. Bad things have just happened to this family, mm-hmm. and bad things are probably going to keep happening to this family. Hey, Franklin, why don't you go ahead and keep with this family? Yeah, I didn't fully understand that either. It's kind of like, well, obviously Franklin's going to come with them because of, uh, because, well, well, let's just face facts. We are the Richards, and we are not good parents. So anything that gets this kid out of our hair is wonderful. Oh man, your son is a horse, and your wife is comatose, and you just found out, you found out about them having superpowers, and all of that. Oh man, Jim Power, you're you're going to be dealing with your family, one of whom is a horse right now, and your comatose wife, and wife, and you're going to be going across the world to try to solve these issues. Can you watch my son as well? Would that be cool? Yeah. But remember how you said you were you were good for babysitting? You're going to keep that up, right? It doesn't I mean, make sense, and it's bad storytelling. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And I know we're going to talk more about that in the next two issues, because the next two issues yeah. are a doozy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may have just reread the Excalibur one again, and, and I still don't get it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about Alex Power Up? Yeah, I guess we should. Mm-hmm. So Alex has... Turned into a horse, and thanks to Obi-Wan Kenobi um, basically paying kind GM and letting him power up in the middle of the the storyline, Alex has more powers now. Jeff, what are Alex's new news? What are Alex's new powers? Uh, I'm not. It looks like he can his old power set still of being able to be a cloud. I'm going to assume he still has force bubbles, but who knows? Uh, He has some sort of offensive ability, which is I'm. Like a Powerball, I guess, but hard to tell. A ranged mass healing. He has, yeah, healing, you know, mass heal. It's hard to tell. He has whatever powers. Uh, Reed, even in the end of this, just goes, with your, you know, substantial power boost, uh, of which you probably haven't even discovered all of your powers, he, uh, he they supermaned him. It's just, what powers he, does he need? He's he, has, he has the 90s power set. The 90s yes, power set has, of being, he has superpowers, which means he can do stuff. 
Yeah, whatever it is he needs to do. Yeah. Strength, flying, some kind of energy expulsion. Yeah, maybe he has strength. We don't know. I, I he can teleport. I know he can teleport. No, I don't know that one yet. So okay, teleport. he has whatever powers he needs at this stage for them to write whatever story they want to do. Pretty sure I guess. He, I'm pretty sure he even has the power to make a souffle in three minutes. Wow, he has the power of uh, four minute abs. Yep, 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 yep. Ten second egg. Ten second egg. Yeah, he's he's got whatever he's going to need. He's the new Elon. Yeah. Uh, who has whatever <laughs> powers as well. We just need okay. consistency. Consistency would be good. Consistency is, <laughs> it's all we ask for. It's all we ask for. They, they st- Here's consistency. They have yet to ask the Elon their name. They, you know, uh, offhandedly, Jack called him Marty the Martian. Done. And, that, yeah, was that, it. And that was a wonder. And, 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 that's what, and that's more or less what they kind of refer to him from this part out. We have, we have two more issues. Hmm. Okay. okay. Two, two more. Two more to go with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... You can see the ending. There probably was supposed to be more of a crossover. I think they were trying to get... Michael Higgins was out there trying to sell Power Pack anywhere else he could. Got in at a couple of other places. He got to write an issue of Excalibur, which we'll cover. But it, it just... It just doesn't fit. Nothing really fits that well. And it leaves it in a bad place. And it leaves it a a really uncomfortable place for a lot of fans and nobody was happy with it. Nobody was happy with it at all. Yeah, I understand that, which is too bad. Do you know who I blame? Who? I blame Mike Rockwitz because he was the editor. Okay. And this gets us to our creative spotlight. And this is where I was hoping to go through and doing a lot more in-depth talking about who these people were that brought us to this point in Power Pack history. And I, I really wanted to spend some time talking about the editor. Mike Rockwitz, you know, what, what's he done? What's his story? Why has he brought us here? He has worked with Marvel Comics for a long time. He has done editing all over the board. Nothing very consistent. He's kind of just popped in on a numerous different issues, different comics, everything from Power Pack, Quasar, Doctor Strange, Captain America, Thor, Quasar... He's been all over the board doing a lot of different stuff throughout Marvel Comics. Um, And he's got his hands on a lot of stuff. But I didn't do the research because I didn't care. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just... it's, it's, I got to this and I was like, you know, I don't know. I He's not caring. The people who are part of this are just they're not caring that much i'm not sure exactly what the point is i'm not sure why why he did such a bad job of making sure that there was some consistency in the book you know what here's the thing if you're an editor and you're in charge of making sure that marvel comics your company is putting out quality issues fine you have a new storyline a new direction that you are taking a team of superheroes and you've decided we are going to make some changes from what it was in the past Fine. Make those changes. Be consistent with those changes and take those changes forward. We have gone through these past six issues from 57 to 62, and we have seen the the writing style, the coloring, the drawing, the inking, everything about these issues just fell apart, and there was no consistency at all. So what kind of an editor are you? Why are you letting this through? I don't know. 
I don't know. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's along those lines of he let a lot of, a lot of stuff slide. He also came in. They, they had two new editors back to back for that, where it was just like, oh, so-and-so's the new editor. Well, actually, now there's new so-and-so. Uh, I'm also a little disappointed they didn't have a letters page for this one. I would have liked to have seen the last run of letters. Yeah. And seen what people were thinking or saying or anything of that. That would have been kind of neat. But yeah, yeah, the editor just kind of dropped the ball on it. I don't, I'm going to guess they didn't care. Yeah. In a sense, just because of, you know, the little issues they have and the little problems and coloring issues and all sorts of stuff, too. This is not the worst thing I've ever read, is what it really boils down to. It's not good, but it's not the worst. It, I've read plenty of terrible things. Yeah. So it, it, it is it is nice to know that Mike Rockwitz is still, you know, doing editing. He's still in the publishing arena, but he, uh, he's got, you know, the history of editing comic books. Now he's designing print and web ads and illustrating children books and print production management. Glad that he's still doing stuff. I'm glad that he is still working in the in the area. I just don't know if he did a really good job of editing these comics. <laughs> he probably did an okay enough job for just coming in. I don't know how much background information he had on it or anything. It seems like maybe he didn't have excessive amounts on it. But here's kind of the thing on my view of the ending of all of this is the product had a a big quality drop at the end. The last, whatever, six issues or something. It was just like when you're at this standard and you're kind of like, yeah, this is the standard that I'm used to. And it's it's a, it, it might not be the highest standard in the world, but it's a good standard and it's pretty consistently sure. pretty decent. And then kind of like, Every every component of it changes from artists to writers to editors to inkers, letters. Literally everybody on this basically kind of, you know, turned in, you know, went into something else. And it became somebody, you know, a new person's baby. And their storytelling style isn't consistent with the, you know, the whatever five odd years that you had previously. Where you're like, well, this is, this is the story kind of telling that I'm used to. And I'm going to go, you know, and it becomes something entirely different where you're like, it's around the realm of what I know. It looks like what I know, but it's not, you know, everything is just off. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get that off putting there. And even if the stories are, yeah, there's some okay stuff here. And there's some, you know, things that are a little head scratching. And you know, honestly, like what you had been saying, there's a lot of stuff that have been in these that would be good in another title. Yeah. Where if this was in a different title and Power Pack guested in that or something, it would be wonderful. Especially if it was just guesting in a Fantastic Four for a while. It's Yeah, that would be great. They could drop in. These would be stories that we, if you saw them in a Fantastic Four, you'd be like, yeah, of course Red Ghost is going to show up. Sure. Of course Nova's going to know where the stimulator is at. <laughs> of course they're going to go visit Galactus. You know, it's like all these different things where you'd be like, you'd be, you'd be more fine with it. And, you know, if they defined Raymond a little bit more other than... A guy that now they travel with, you know, it's yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish up here just to say I, I did. I will say Mike Rockwitz. He was the editor for Conan the Barbarian, Savage Sword of Conan, Conan Saga, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, Adventures of Captain America. He also had the honor of being the assistant editor on all of the New Universe titles. Mm, okay, there was a bunch of those. Bunch of those. Yeah. Got a bunch of those. I, I've got that stack of comics sitting in boxes, though. Yeah, and uh, New Universe uh, never went anywhere. So, you know, take that where you will. Yep. Yep. Take that where you will. Yep. <laughs> All right. I, got I'm... a collection of those comics that have appreciated in value to zero. Uh, 
I I am done. I am done. I gotta I gotta I gotta get back into a positive space of mind. While I'm doing that, why don't you go ahead and, and explain some stuff to us? Okay, I'll do that in my science corner. In this issue, Alex wore a cat diesel power ball cap while he was creep stalking his apparently ex girlfriend Allison in the rain. Now this got me thinking: What is diesel fuel, and how is it different from gasoline? While both gasoline and diesel start as a crude oil mined from the earth, the refining process then separates them into various types of fuels. Diesel fuel is thicker than gasoline, which means it evaporates slower. In the same sense. Gas and diesel engines have similar operations. Both engines use internal combustion and a series of rapid explosions within the engine to turn fuel into mechanical energy and propel a vehicle forward. The difference is how these explosions occur. In a gasoline engine, the fuel mixes with air compressed by pistons. The spark plugs ignite this mixture to move the vehicle. On the other hand, in a diesel engine, the air is first compressed. This makes the air hot. The fuel then ignites when it hits the hot air. Diesel engines tend to have higher fuel economy numbers when compared to gasoline engines. These higher fuel efficiency numbers are mainly due to how the engines operate. A gasoline engine has to make sure it never reaches the self-ignition temperature during the compression stroke since this could potentially ruin the engine. As a result, a gas engine has to keep a low compression ratio. Since a diesel engine doesn't have fuel in the mixture during the intake stroke, it can compress the air more and have a higher compression ratio. A higher compression ratio equals better fuel efficiency. So, there you have it. The difference between diesel and gasoline. And that is this week's Science Corner. Well, that brings us to Power Thoughts. So, this is where we go and look in the rubble of the remains of Power Pack's apartment and look for that refrigerator that they had. And we talk about the artwork that we would like to put on that destroyed refrigerator. So, Jeff, let's talk about some funny backup art. Do you have some funny backup art that you found in this? I do have funny backup art. It is on page 23. And I call it, Maybe 55 Gallons of Coffee Will Help? <laughs> and this is the <laughs> this is the middle panel of when Reed is talking to Horse Alex going, you know, uh, I'm not going to be able to turn you human, but I'm going to continue to work on his case. But while he's telling this very just devastating, you know, tale of, I'm sorry, it's, it's malign. You know, it's just this... <laughs> This like I've got to crush this young man's hopes and dreams and tell him that you know he's going to remain a, a horseman forever kind of thing. He's also just reaching for his coffee. He's like, yeah, I know this is this is hard for both of us. There's my go-go juice. I'll just yes, we're going to keep looking for you. Mmm, sippy, sippy, sippy. You know, it's just it's just a matter of. It's showing classic Reed having no human empathy for people, where it's just like, I have to destroy this person's life, but man, I really want my juice. So <laughs> I liked it because also it's just, it, you know, since it's the coffee cup is very forward, it looks like it's a 55 gallon drum that he's kept holding <laughs> on to. So how about you? Mine wasn't about that. My, mine wasn't about the go-go juice or the big, the big gallons of coffee cups. Mine was back on page three and it was, uh, well, it's called punch physics. <laughs> it, it's where the, it, one thing just doesn't equal the other. It, it's Jim <laughs> punching downwards. And somehow this downward punch is somehow knocking the red ghost up into the air. And I, I don't get it. It looks cool, but I don't get it. I get that. I totally get that. No, that is, there's a, a number of things like that. There's a, I thought about doing a, a, a motif of Alex shooting uh, apes in the face with a powerball too. Uh, <laughs> Just call them like bad monkey or bad monkey, monkey chance or something monkey. like that. Yeah. 
What, what else do you have? What else do you have? My top joke one is on page four, and I call it, We'll be right back with more Ghost Horse Mysteries. And that is the top right-hand panel where it is a, uh, you know, the incorporeal, ghosty-looking uh, horse Alex, uh, you know, misting. And, you know, it's like he's talking to, oh, there's a disembodied voice talking to me. But just, it's super cartoony. Yeah. Is it, is this it, artist, I, anytime he's drawing, like, horse Alex, it's super. It's almost always super cartoony. And especially when he's in his gaseous form. It's very, it's Saturday morning kind of ghostly kind of. Just cartoon-like. His eyes are popping out of his head there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not... And it, it just looks like it would be some sort of kid's, uh, like, scary tales, like an R.L. Stein Goosebumps kind of thing, where it's just like, oh, it's the, you know, the ghost horse mysteries. Oh! Kind of and, and then this bad thing happened. Ooh! Ooh! <laughs> the peanut butter was actually, uh, I don't know, something scary. Ooh! <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, speaking of scary, I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about page 28. Because there is nothing scarier, nothing scarier at all than a trench coat wearing, ball cap wearing figure in the rain. And I just have to say, is that Ben Grimm? No, yeah. it's Alex. No. Anytime I was running a, a Marvel superheroes campaign, uh, one of the little things that I said was, Anybody dressed that looks like anything and wearing anything, whether it's a power armor man, a giant robot, or a dragon human or something, as long as they've got the trench coat and hat on, mm-hmm. they just blend right in. Nobody nobody looks second at them. So. so yeah, this is the top panel, and it's just it's it's Alex in the rain. I mean, it, there's a bunch of good ones in here. I, I almost could have the middle yeah, it's panel. It's a good looking panel, too. And I can almost have the middle panel, too, where Alex is, you see the horse face coming out of that cat, underneath that cat hat. <laughs> That's pretty funny mm-hmm. too, but I, I'm gonna go with that top one there. It's 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 a, a trench coat figure in the rain. Is that Ben Grimm? We don't know. <laughs> don't know. He's got a little long face. It could be anybody. Who knows? Moving on with our days. Why, the, why the long do. face? Why uh, the long face? Yeah, Allison moved on quick. Oh yeah. Well, I'm I sure would. There was no goodbye or anything, but uh, yeah, she just moved on. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, your boyfriend starts wanting to have apples for like every meal. Mm-hmm. And keeps telling you nay. Yeah, saying saying nay, and uh, is really pressuring you for some sweet, sweet sugar. Mm-hmm. And by that, it means sugar cubes. Yeah, you no, know. Alex, I don't want to watch Mr. Ed again. Yes. <laughs> Why not? All right, Wilbur. First of all, my name is Allison, not Wilbur. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's talk about some best stuff. Yeah, let's talk about the good art. Where did you find some good art in here that you enjoyed? My backup good art is on page 20, and I call it Jim Power Punch. I call it Dad Punch. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh, you call it Dad Punch? Is this your backup, too? Yep. Yep. Very nice. Yep. This is when Jim is punching the red ghost out in the park. Yep. Good old. Leave my family alone. (laughs) Good old scrack right to the chin. A little bit of sweet chin music there. Yep. 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 Sweet chin. Well, yeah. Yep. So, yep. That's where he laid out the ghost with a punch. One punch. One punch, Jim. That's what we called him. What is your top? One punch, Jim. That's right. What's your top one? (laughs) My top one is actually something that we saw before, but I didn't mention it. And it's on page three. And I call it Power Jim Power Punch. (laughs) And this is when a Chimelian super suited, super beefy and Jack Jim is punching out the uh, red ghost with his uh, upward 
enforcing downward stroke. See, so, see, I, found, I just I found that to be a funny picture. You found it. Oh, to it be is a- ridiculous, but I just love it. I just loved it too much to not have it. Also, I went with a theme of uh, Jim punching Red Ghost. Uh, so. th- that's fair. That's fair. For my top one, I went all the way to the page thirty, and I don't know if this is a really a good art, but eh, it's effective, I guess. And this is by okay. Franklin. Bye, Franklin. And this is where all the kids oh, are around, Franklin. and there's tears and tears just coming down. Those aren't tears. Mm. It's just raining, and uh, it's just, just kids, yeah. kids, kids. You know crying. what I love about that one, too, is that they're on the Fantastic Four's rooftop, and it is raining. It's a downpour, but everybody's dry. In the background, though, is Sue Reed and Jim, and they're underneath a force field umbrella, yeah. which I think is great. Well, yeah, it's and and really, it's once again the parents caring about themselves and not about their kids because yeah. it's over them, yeah. and they're letting their kids get wet. Oh yeah, well, I, we both have kids. I mean, when push comes to shove, eh, into the rain with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's about me, not you. You're not going to be the, the the future. I will be, and I will remain dry. <laughs> no. I like pushing my kids. I, I don't like them when they bounce back because sometimes they're made of rubber. Because it's rubber and glue moment. <laughs> glue time. <laughs> rubber and glue moment. All right. What is the best or most childish insult in this book? My backup is all the way on page two, and it is Red Ghost. I think we're going to begin a lot of Red Ghost in here. Oh, yeah. This is actually my, if it's what I'm thinking, it's going to be my top. It is Red Ghost saying, eh, who's this? I thought I'd already taken care of this fool. Yeah, that's fool. my top. Fool, fool, fool. Fool, fool, fool. Who is this fool? I think I care of this fool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, yeah, I, I, can't like that. I can't believe that's your top, because there's a much better one. Much, much better one. Eh. What? I just I just appreciated that. I liked an old man talking to a, a beefy man going, who is this fool? And it's like, this fool is a man who's picking up like four tons of destroyed metal. So <laughs> what, what's uh, what's your backup one? My backup rubber and glue moment is on page 17. And this is Julie when she's chasing down the baboon. And she says, looks like this is where you get yours, you filthy monkey. Before the filthy monkey turns into a filthy bush. Filthy so, monkey. Just filthy monkey. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. That's I just, good. I like that. That's what good. about you? Mine. What about I, you? What's your tops? I am actually surprised because this is a jack one you missed. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, you ugly orangutan. Make my day on page 15. It was on my list. It was on my list. It really was. Really? But uh, I, I liked Fool and I liked uh, Filthy Monkey. Go ahead, ugly orangutan. Make yep. my day. Yep. Well, I felt bad. I was going to pick that, but then Sue chastised him about it. And so I was like, oh, Sue doesn't like that. Yeah, what does she know? She just, she's a mom. She doesn't know what a good insult is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That was on my list. And then I just, I liked uh, Fools, you know, Who's This Fool and Filthy Monkey. Filthy Monkey. There you go. All right. We're on issue 62. We have good kids. We got bad kids. What are the best kids? What are the worst kids? We need to give our stars and attentions out. What do you got? Who's your worst? Who's your worst? I'm going to say that my detention kid is, well, okay, just as a, to open the veil a little bit, most of the kids didn't do much. No, no, I agree. So for the detention kid, it could honestly kind of be whoever. Sure. Due to lack of activity. But I'm going to say that my detention kid is Alex. Okay. Why Alex? I mean, why not Alex? Why not Alex? Yeah, kind of why not Alex? He, a big step on that would be the, you know, stalking of Allison. Yeah. The rain-soaked stalk of Allison. I wasn't a big fan of that. He 
once again griping about how oh i've always felt so useless because i don't have you know mm-hmm. oh i'm useless so I, you know now i have an offensive ability but oh i, I don't feel useless compared to destroyer anymore and it's like mm-hmm. you had the destroyer power for an extended period of time and all you did was complain about it why <sighs> no you don't get to complain about this and now feel like oh now i can contribute you could always contribute Everybody that's had your power set, whatever it is, has contributed. Everybody with any power set in this family has contributed. You have a superpower, whatever it is, even though they keep on changing up. You can do stuff. Yeah. Be happy about it. So. Yeah. No, I, I got it. That's why. I'm, I went with Julie because I just didn't feel like she was there. I was tempted on that. She, yeah, she, she kind of was checked out pretty much yeah. during this. She didn't get to do much. She, she, didn't, she didn't do much. Uh, she and the, flew the kids. Right. And, and she at flew one the point kids time, to Central Park. Yeah. She's going after her assigned bad guy and oh, like, he yeah. disappears in front of her. Like, what yep. happened? Yeah. I just, I, I was going to, I was going to do Julie to begin with. And part of it was that where it's just like, I'll get my monkey. My monkey's gone. Yeah. And now I'm out of the fight. Again, just not impressed with Julie. Best. Who do you have? I got Jack. Really? That's, I could, I could totally see that. Again, he didn't do much. Didn't do much. That was a thing that I noticed, yeah. I liked his ending with Franklin. I thought that was a good moment. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I, that, that's I like a big, that. That's yep. a big one okay. there. You know, hey, come on, brother. Let's go ahead and, and knock this orangutan out. You know, I, I also liked his, you know, mm-hmm. make my, make Mayday punk. <laughs> he was fine. He's always he up fine. for some action. Yeah, he was fine. Who do you have best? You're going to love this, Alex. Boo. No, you can't do that. No, I can do that. Uh, I'm going to say Alex was my worst kid and my best kid. He figured out how to form back into himself. He got a Obi-Wan Kenobi ghost teacher. He healed all the family. Uh, he did almost all the powerballing. He, he he was the member of Power Pack that actually did stuff. Jack didn't need to be there because Alex powerballed people. He healed everybody. He Honestly, this issue was pretty much the Alex issue. Uh, he did and yet stuff. Alex sucked, and so I think you're wrong, because I think you were right with him being the worst. I don't think you're right at all being him being the best. I think your opinion is wrong. I think he did more <laughs> positives than anybody else is the thing. It, and so this is, my, this is my problem. I know you hate it when I do this, but I honestly think he was the worst and best kid. The worst is, it, it could honestly be open, open ball field. It could basically be anybody. But I think he, he did more positive things than anyone else did. Everybody else had, like, one thing. Julie flew them. Katie threw two gorillas in the air. Jack helped shoot two apes in the sky with Alex. <laughs> and the, but like you were saying too, yeah, he also did talking to Frank and being all, you know, we're buddies, we're bros. So, but yeah, there we go. You're you're completely wrong, completely wrong. And I'm going to give you one chance to redeem yourself, and that is while we try to do a top grade and evaluate this final final issue asterisk of Power mm-hmm. Pack on our ever growing list. Spot number. How do you think John's going to feel when Revenge of the Boogeyman gets shifted down a spot? It's it's, it's not going to be. Uh, so uh, spot number three. <laughs> spot number three is Power Pack nineteen, which is guess who's coming to dinner. Spot number fourteen is Dynamite, and that's Power Pack fifty four, and that's where Frank and Jack versus a mad thinker in Jurassic Park. We like that one. Um, <laughs> 21. 21. Uh, it's Fire with Fire. That's Power Pack number 40. That's where the Numians assist the pack in saving Rebecca Littlehale. Not bad. Not bad showing for that one. Let's go ahead and say number 34. Number 34. Another Numians one. This is What Price Victory. The family is broken. Numians help trick the parents into thinking that they do not have the powers. Well, how well did that turn out? We see it turned out badly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on down to number 43. Smoke out. 
This is Power Pack 41. This is when Alex discovers that people smoke and it gives him a tummy ache. So we thought that was spot number 43. That's where it's at now. Going on down to 56. This is Power Pack number six. This is Secrets, the first of the Dragon Man trilogy. The family arrives in New York. The girls find Dragon Man. Oh, no. And then Power Pack 64, Child's Play. Katie and Franklin reinvent Stranger Danger by hanging out with Madcap. And then we go down to number 70, which is Power Pack 56. That's the Axe of Vengeance issue with Typhoid Mary. Jeff, it's a bad Mm -hmm. issue. It's a bad, bad issue. It's not great. It's not great. Where are we feeling? I mean, this is... It's definitely not the top half. It's definitely not the middle. No. It is in the bottom. It It's not the bottom of the bottom, in I, my opinion. I don't know. This um, this one this one is, is even more disjointed than the one before it. I think the one before it's a better issue. Sort of, but it gave it gave endings with everything. You, you really, you think that a Ghost of a Chance was a better issue than this? It gave endings, but it didn't give endings in a good way at all. It didn't give endings mm-hmm. for Power Pack. They said, well, we're going off to space. Oh, Allison mm-hmm. has found a new boyfriend. This guy who's been hanging out with us, we're really sad he's leaving, but he is going to walk off into the distance and disappear into Marvel history. None of these endings are good. They are bad endings. Yeah, they're not really great. I think some of these stories have been worse. It definitely is around the Ghost of a Chance, I would say. I think I would put it above Ghost of a Chance, but it could go below Ghost of a Chance. It goes below X-Factor Annual number two. I'm I'm gonna wow. st- I'm putting my foot you down on put this your one. Putting you down on that. I, I'm I, I will give it. I will say it's above the typhoid Mary one because that's still just offensive. But this one is bad, 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 mm-hmm. bad. X Factor Annual Two is still more of a coherent. It is a coherent story. This is not a coherent story. This is disappointing story. <laughs> As you know, I still got my problems with that X Factor. Sure, Annual, that's fine. But- but I don't have a horse, Alex, in this race. We can put it at the new, uh, yeah, it would be the new 70 and the uh, typhoid Mary becomes 71. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. All right. That's their news number 70. And, and we're going to call that good. Now, I'm going to say that something that is good, though, might be the spirit that we're drinking. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling about Comatose by Good Life? It might be. What are my final thoughts on the beer? You know, uh, the flavor profile hasn't really changed as it's gotten warmer. No. Nope. Pleasantly hopped. You know, the nose is still there from the from you know an hour ago. The taste is still the same. It it pretty much really is just the beer that it is. What's great about it? Here, I'll take a sip. Okay, now I'll talk. It's <laughs> not doing anything where it's seizing up my mouth. It's not it's not doing anything. It does make my tongue a little bit juicy, which is kind of you know, it, so it's mm. like, oh, it does produce a little bit of moisture. So it is a wet drink, which is nice, because as I've said before, I've had plenty of beverages before where it's like, I drank something, but it was like dry. So this is a wet beer. It's pleasant. It would be a great warm day beer. It's kind of a quasi kind of rainy kind of cool day today. It's pleasant on this too. It's not bad. I've been enjoying it. I'd probably go for three five on it. I might go for a four on this one. It's this is pleasant. This I'm is bouncing not bad. back and forth. This is not yeah. bad. Um, once again, it's an IPA, so not my first choice, but yep. it's it's not bad. It's pleasant. It's it definitely is a nice warm day drink. I agree with that. It's a decent beer. It is a it is a pleasant beverage. It's not one that I would be. I would drink it again. Would I search it out? No, because I don't search out IPAs. But I would totally drink it if it was present. If I was at a barbecue or something and it was like, oh, we're just going to the cooler and there's beers. And I'd be like, oh, hey, that. I know that. I'll totally drink that. It's not a bad beer to drink on a hammock, mm-hmm. which I think is their selling point. I think so. I think this is a uh, lay back, just enjoy the outside. And you know what? 
the day will take care of itself, beverage. <laughs> uh, it's it's not one that you would just sit down and read this book with, though. Anyways. <laughs> no, it's not. Most beverages aren't. Four for me, 3.5 for you. And now that we have those final thoughts out of the way, let's move to kids' perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his 10-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue we just covered. And I am going to prognosticate into the future that she thought it was the... Probably not the best comic ever, and she probably was had to get forced into reading, and it was uh, rather disheartened by all of it, and probably is going to make some kind of noise like, Ugh. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you today? Good, and you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. What is so special about today? Um, I get to record with you? Yeah, but what are we going to record? Another episode of Power Pack. But what's so special about this one? That is not special. <laughs> it's the last issue of the series. Right. Aren't you excited about that? Well, they sure know how to end something. <laughs> I take it you're not very happy about this issue. And I don't know why. It's just I'm not very happy about it. What seems to be the problem with it? Do you not like the artwork? Do you not like the story? Do you not like the fact that it ended this way? Well, it also could be that I didn't like the artwork, but also I still don't get... I don't, all of a sudden I don't get what, why Jack's white. <laughs> Jack's uh, power looks a little different? A little too different. Okay. And Alex is still a horse, and they're... They finished their fight with the Red Ghost. That's good, right? Right. When we left off, Jim Power was uh, was all super suited up, right? Well, it turned out to be the Elon. Yeah, it turned out to be the Elon. Why would he dress up like that, though? Shock value? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> did you like it at all, or did you did you not like it? Well, um, I don't know if I liked it. <laughs> also, the cover. Um, Jack looks as tall as Julie, which he shouldn't be. He's younger than Julie. And Alex looks all heroic. Horsey. Horsey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we finished up the storyline, and Raymond left. Yeah. Are you sorry to see Raymond go? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we know that at the very final part of the book, they're going somewhere. Where are they going? They're going to space. But before they go to space, a couple of other things happen, right? Right. They go on a couple of little adventures, right? Right. Yeah, it says that they went to two different places, there, that there's going to be two different books that it goes to. It did. They flew off, did some things, and came back and dropped Franklin back off, right? Right. So we have to do those two little adventures, don't we? Uh, yes. Yep. And then we can find out what happens to them in space. Hopefully it's not another person turns into a horse. <laughs> well, we are going to get to that. But first, we're going to get to an issue of Excalibur. It's another comic book that was coming out around the same time. It features some mutants, some characters you actually should recognize, I think. So that's going to be good, right? Right. All right. We'll see what happens with that. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this story? It does, I know that was a bit of a struggle for you to get through, but... Anything you liked in there? Nope. No? Nothing at all, huh? Probably not. <laughs> all right. Well, we have a couple more issues that we got to get through with this writer, but 
I promise you, we're getting close to June Brigman and Louis Simonson coming back. I think we're going to be saved. <laughs> at least for at least for one issue. Oh boy. <laughs> Just one other thing. Yeah. Is Raymond's eyebrow sweating? <laughs> sure, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we'll leave our readers to think about Raymond's sweating eyebrow. I love you, Carrie. I love you too. Oh, yeah. I called that one. I was wrong in the previous episode where I thought she thought it would be great. And now I thought she didn't think it would be great. I redeem myself. <laughs> Shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners that have hung in there with us, especially through these last five episodes. I promise we're going to, well, we will eventually start getting better. I think we got another two bad issues with us but then we're going to start getting into some better stuff i promise you but for those people that have stuck with us and have left us a review or taken the time to write to us we want to say thank you and this is for episode 77 where we covered issue 59 at the circus andrew burns charlie rose who said the only thing i recall from this issue is a weirdly disproportionate katie juggling zoo animals almost 30 years since i read it and that is what i remember Ah, the era of unfortunate art. Chris Reeves, a.k.a. Soup. Craig McNichol. Damian Druitt-Witter. Derek Crabb and the Fan Holes Podcast. Ed209. Gene Hendricks. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Pokoff. Hoover Jeremiah and the 4 Million Years Later Podcast. And he wanted us to remind everybody that coming out in June is the second omnibus of power pack so if you too want to own this issue and the prior four or five issues i am sure they will be in that omnibus wow i'm not selling it actually i'm going to be picking it up because i want to have the complete collection and there's still some good stuff in there don't forget folks that we have most of john bogdanov's work in that book as well so you take the good you take them bad and you put them together and there you have the power puck omnibus number two the power puck omnibus number two i can't sing jeff help Jeremy Duh. Kyle Sinelli, the fact that you're going through the Higgins Morgan issues and still keeping the podcast family friendly is a testament to your strength of will. And I'm guessing the alcohol helps. Brother, you don't know. If I remember right, the next issue, so, so painful. Yeah. Lady M's Dressmaker. Limax 7. The Long Box Crusade with Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Max Trevor. Nicholas Prom and the Captain Freakout Psychedelic Radio. Robert Earhart. Ryan Daly from the Fire and Water Network. Sailor Bear Zodar. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and his show, The Outcasters. Waffles from Waffles and Mario Talk About Things. Sports in Comics, who says, Another great episode. By the way, Alex's hat is definitely the Mets. The lighter blue and orange New York give it away. The lettering could be a lot better, but it's good enough. Told you so, told you so, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> okay you did i mean whoa you got me ha ha i know you my sports me, ball better than you do ha 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 yeah you, <laughs> you you did you did less minimal research than me where i did none <laughs> we need to thank our patreon supporters and our co-hosts for being as amazing as they are and so awkwardly awesome and amazing andrew burns cheerfully cheeky and charming char logan chatty challenging and chuckling charles gears Daringly destructive and delightful, Damian Witter. Dangerous, devious, and dainty, Doug Jones. 
effervescent, exciting, and entertaining Edward Verrocci. Jokingly jovial, jumping Jeff Polier. Magically mighty and mundane Matthew Birdsey. Mythical, mystical, and monologuing Matthew Lazarowitz. Rhyming, rustic, and running Rustin Fritcher. Superior, salty, smiling Sailor Bear Zordar. Shy, sad, and silly Shag Matthews. Stupendously, satorily strange Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and typical Tim Price. Technically, terrifically triumphant Todd Enoch. Weird and wonderfully wacky wind. Be sure to check out our other shows that we are on, our junior agent submissions on the MI6 Rogue Agent episodes of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, and my most excellent monthly Monday movie muckabout on the Longbox Crusade Network, and... Its own independent podcast now, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout. Find it wherever you find any of your fine podcasts. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon, and Gold Hill, Oregon for this week only, one week only, one week only, one week only. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present, our email address, Jeff and Rick present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Rick present wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us. Share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love love you. Until next time. Costumes Costumes off. off! Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Rising Tide. All music is by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Well, the Master of the Apes isn't going to be on the receiving end of a Marvel Physics... Shakram! No more pining over the destroyer powers that he complained about the whole time that he had it for him more... And, hmm. Let's, let me look at this because I wrote this. No more finding over the destroyer power that he complained about the whole time that he had it for him anymore. That sentence sucks. Shakram! Answer Julie. Gee, Dad, it looks like you're a regular hero after all. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Dad. You just <laughs> punched Franklin in the face when he was in the body of an old man. Way to go. Gee, Dad, it looks like you're really a normal weakling after all. (laughs) Gee, Dad, it sure does look like you have a fluctuating body height and size and musculature and fighting ability. Shakram! Shortly! Let me try again. Shortly! I need more voice cracking on the front, middle, and back. Shortly! (laughs) Shortly! That's the one. Shakram! Maybe we'll see you again someday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow horse alex yeah wow <laughs> uh, that's uh, okay yeah that's that was a that was a thing that was a thing that was, it's a thing <laughs>
Listen to Horse Alex. <laughs> it's a thing. 